welcome to Talking Bottom, the podcast about the sitcom Bottom. We are three self-appointed judges of the sitcom Bottom, something we don't have any right at all to sneer at. I'm Matt Brooks. I'm Paul Tanzer. And I'm Ange Pearson. We're on to the live shows now, and uh, we're on to the live four, which for me, um, I think maybe the other two as well, as the first one we saw Yes, In person, we were old enough finally to yep. go and be in the studio audience. 2001, mm-hmm. I was 17. Ah, oh, still underage. Still underage, but was able to go because, you know, I'm, I'm not going to let anyone stop me. I'm sad to say that I'm jealous of both you guys and that I've never seen a awesome show live go. in the flesh. Oh. Why? Just wasn't around or weren't aware of it? Or? You know what it was? I think it's that thing of you see it like in the newspaper or something and you think, oh, I'll get around to that. And then mm. you don't. And then they don't do any more live shows and then Rick Mel dies. And then all of a sudden, lost selfish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so you just actively made the decision not to go. It was the. Oh. I think it was just like, oh, I'll get around to that, and then didn't. It wasn't like I saw the advert in the paper and went, "Fuck that, I'm not going." No, because <laughs> oh, that would be. Oh, I weird. must get around to that, and then when you eventually look into it, you find it sold out. It's fucking sold out, mate. Because like yeah. lots of other people want to fucking go. Because lots of other underage people are going to see it. So yeah. yeah. Well, I was very. Ex- I remember the excitement about going to see. Oh, so did I was I've so never been more well. excited. I remember thinking yeah. very naively, I'm going to be the one to shout out. Just <laughs> <laughs> the shoot. only one they hear. The only one and I was well far back and <laughs> someone beat me to it. And I really excitedly responded. Get out of <laughs> Didn't what, even get it out. What, what the guy? You just ye- started wanking. The guy who yelled it fucked it up. No, I oh, okay. he called it out. And then yeah. I was like, no, oh, I was going to do that. Never like, what? Where did you see it at? What, what venue? Birmingham. Oh, where I saw what it. Was it the NEC or? God, it was huge. I remember it being. Yeah. There was several tiers of. You, not, you've got the god. Yeah. You got the royal circle, the gods, all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you were where? Pretty high up. Pretty the gods, high up, probably. Probably yeah. cheap seats. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, I remember Liverpool Empire and it was mm-hmm. absolutely electric the atmosphere everyone was yeah. so excited for it yeah. I was I think Royal Circle like, a few rows but I can still remember my view like it was that clear in my mind about how excited I was to see Rick and Aid on stage for the first time they're so well identified mm. with characters even seeing them as like silhouettes that are like the size of your thumb it's <laughs> <laughs> still like even them. that yeah. it's really them yeah. it was amazing and everyone in the room is so rooting for them to be sure. amazing. And they are amazing. And the warmth that comes just from them walking on stage. Yeah. like Because you watch one, two, and three, and obviously you watch the shows mm. and you can tell the audience are loving it as the series mm. go on. I think a lot of what carried their success of the later live shows mm. was the momentum they had behind them of the earlier ones as well yeah. as the show, but the love that fans had for them. So yeah. and I, I know we'll talk about this, but there's a slight sort of, shall we say, decline of quality and material in four and five. But I can only imagine what it must have been like to be there in the audience because we can sit and watch afterwards and I can appreciate as a fan, these ones don't hold up as well to one, two, and three. But God, if I'd been in the room, I'm sure I would have been yes. screaming yeah. my head. And I think the reason they obviously continued doing the tours beyond three and four, obviously they Cha-ching. had a desire to do it. Bit of money, but yeah, there was such an appetite Stop for it. Yeah. Such yeah. an appetite for it. People wanted to go. I don't know how many dates these tours like, actually took up. Obviously, they weren't doing like massive, massive venues, but they were sizable venues and they're full. Like what? when you look across the crowd shots at the Nottingham, is it the Royal Concert Hall? Nottingham Royal Concert Hall for four. Like, it's such a, like, prissy venue, that, isn't it? Because it's obviously where they do, like, all kinds of orchestral kind of stuff. It looks like the acoustics in there would be amazing. I couldn't spot any empty seats in this one at all. What was the gap between 
three and four. Oh, oh gosh, I think, now you're I think, asking me. Well, so I think three was 98, I think. We I think, should have researched this. Uh, this we could track. look it up. Yeah, well, I mean... Mid-2001, it's, it's only like three or four years, isn't it? I'm going to assume that they deliberately waited until the year 2001 so then they could then make a pun on the title of 2001 A Space Odyssey. Because it's so relevant to the plot. Yeah, the 2001 yeah. Last Odyssey bit, yeah. Like, <laughs> after they'd done Hooligan's Island, which was a pun on Gilligan's Island, they thought, yeah. right, the next so, one yeah. has to be a pun on something. Yeah. I know, if we wait until the year 2001, we can take a Stanley Kubrick film and do a pun based on the title. Which is not in any way relevant. Yeah. <laughs> like changing the word space to us, which but doesn't really work in itself it's anyway. It's a fun Same one. amount of letters. It's a fun pun though, isn't it? And they were obviously probably writing it at what, the turn of the millennium mm-hmm. when that was, if you was think back, that was all anyone was fucking talking yeah, about, wasn't 2000 it? 2000 still sounds space age and yeah. futuristic. There, there is a plot to every episode of Bottom, sort of. <laughs> Not, this not much to yeah yeah what's the, so what's the synopsis what what's some mug on wikipedia said about this paul so what there is on wikipedia for this particular live episode the first act involves eddie and richie on a similar tropical island to the one from bottom live three hooligans island eddie has been away in the jungle gambling for three days and richie is wearing some tight pants that he can't get off eddie returns and helps him to get them off and when richie's parrot dave has a heart attack at first they try the kiss of life but richie becomes too enthusiastic and gets his tongue caught in the parrot's mouth next they try a defibrillator but increasing it to maximum voltage to try and resuscitate dave causes him to explode the pet put his remains in a box and place it in a grave that eddie had dug for richie with a gravestone saying the fat twat is dead and eddie takes pictures of the scene once this is finished they have a few drinks at eddie's makeshift bar and become increasingly bored so decide on the spot to have a fighting match. Eddie wins again and Richie prays to God, begging him to relieve him of the board by killing him. He receives a sharp pain in the chest and believes it is a heart attack. But Eddie reveals to him that he simply put his underpants on instead of his vest. He manages to convince Richie to keep away from him in exchange for milking the pig, who he nicknames Vanessa Feltz, but it doesn't go so well and he gets through enough milk for a cup of tea each. The pair then realise that it is the interval and race off to the bar before the audience get there. Wow. <sighs> if you could have seen my face bring <laughs> that fucking hell. Please, please. It's not oh, only halfway please. there. It's not a plot. If, if, if you'll bear with me. The second act changes the structure drastically, with the pair now in their traditional costumes, falling down shoots into a capsule-like room. After another fight, which Eddie wins once again, the pair try and remember how they got there in the first place, but struggle to recall anything. Richie says a good way out would be to climb up the chutes they came down, and Eddie tries this, but ends up in the same room with Richie believing he's gone somewhere else. Eddie then kicks Richie up the roof. Diddly do, diddly do. Praise to God, insults him, returns to Pints Bar. They're in Nottingham, find a bird, goes to the toilet. Brief, briefcase, overstuffed cash. He reveals he stole it from the theatre manager, and Richie sees it as perfect for their future. They then put an underwear and close the show by singing a song about pants. Obviously, I paraphrase some parts of that there. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> so that was the plot for Bottom Life 4. It's what happened. It, yeah. It's what, that is what the fuck happened there. If, but if, it isn't a plot, is it? If anyone listening likes to update Wikipedia, if you could put a short synopsis on the live shows, that would be appreciated. There is no plot this year. Mm. Exactly. So. I have to say I was a bit disappointed when the curtain came up and it was the island set again. Like, oh, oh, when you were there in yeah. the room, not right. just rewatching it. Yeah. Genuinely thought the same thing on the rewatch, which is now I know that if, if the curtains are pulled back and it had been the flat, yeah. I wouldn't mm. have, my thought would not have been, oh, they're back in the flat, they've run out of ideas. But it opens on the island and my first thought was, oh, it's the island, they've run out of ideas, they're still rehashing something from the last one. Mm. You know? Does That's, that make sense? That I know what, what you mean. I mean, I think when you see the island set because you've got such affection for it from Hooligan's it's Island. It's not the worst thing in the It wasn't world, necessarily sure. a disappointment. It's, it's a bit harsh to say that they were just rehashing old stuff. So anyway, yeah. Rick gets uh, his underwear like on really tight and Eddie pulls it off and like stretchy. Which, which is a repeat gag from Bray. Yeah. Yeah. Like me. 
Right, no, no, it's no. not there, right? Let's no, not no. go down the season three pothole of us. But we, we're comparing and contrasting certain things, aren't we? And like, it's it's a great little thing when it's like a kind of books fizz thing where Eddie pulls off Richie's. Yeah, so yeah. It's a sarong or whatever he's got on. The David Beckham gag is obviously of the time, isn't it? And yeah, it's weird to see them do timely yeah. gags because they don't do it as much in one like, three. Yeah, but they, they, they do mention celebs and stuff. Yeah, but there's, but there's a lot of it in four and yeah. five. There's things they do that you can look at and go oh, that's a rehash of something they've done before. They're just copying the same joke. But then there's other things that they do that I think are more kind of, this is their pattern now. So for example, this one opens, as do all the others, with Richie off stage mm. straining with something. And that seems to have become, that's not necessarily rehashing of a joke. That is- That they've the, made that how they open that, every show. That's the signature of how Botham Live opens now. Richie's mm-hmm. off stage in a toilet or wanking or something like that and that's the yeah. first bit that brings that brings Rick onto the stage and you've got the kind of it's not quite the silhouette yet have you but you've got yeah. him like making all the kind of like you know wanking kind of or whatever he's doing bum, things like, out from the, the behind the yeah. horrible sort of stained curtain so um, it's a nice exposition that Eddie has been missing for a while obviously me like he's been gonna turn up pretty soon you would imagine that the whole show was just Richie where's Eddie there would be it would, I think it would work, but it would be very disappointing for a lot of fans. <laughs> when, yeah, he's gone missing, but yeah. he, you know, we know that he's not going to have yeah. gone far. When Richie emerges and he appears to be dressed in a slightly feminine manner with his shirt tucked in like he's got boobs and he's wearing a sarong. He's got his midriff out, hasn't he? He does, yeah. yeah. Is this how Richie would naturally comfortably dress? If he were on his own on a desert island, well, suspenders and a tie still, and the, <laughs> yeah, put the hat on again. Gravita- no, no hat on this one, but gravitating towards something slightly feminine. If you think it through, like obviously he, he comes and says that it was from a pair of marigolds, isn't it? That he's made those the pants from in the end. Yeah, it? So it's fun. all it's it's like he's having to utilize things on the island. Where he's obviously hot. You, you know, so you know, he's, he's, if you were on this island, this stupid yeah. put a tie on. Well, only he does. Eddie is mm. more of the comfort thing, a Hawaiian shirt yeah, and, and the a hat, which the would shorts. take away mm. the heat from his head. But Richie does also sport a very fetching pair of tight pink shorts, which, as you say, used mm. to be a pair of marigolds. Mm-hmm. That's Down less comfy. Yeah. They're That's very true. distracting. That's become quite a kind of overly, sh- not overly shared, but it's shared a lot on yeah. on social media. Like yeah. when he's doing the, they're very erotic actually when he walks in mm-hmm. that face that Rick, se- he sells it so well. The have a wank line comes very quickly in this one. Oh my God. Straight away. And it's, yeah. what would David Beckham do? Have a wank and you see like, Rick smile a little bit, yeah. but ignore well, that's, it. That's, that's a little equivalent yeah. of you, isn't it? Waiting yeah. for the first opportunity to shout, have a wank, and it's literally within about, what, mm. 30 seconds of Rick? The whole silhouette sequence in the tent, most people would associate that with Austin Powers. But of course, the first time I, that I can remember seeing anything like that is the Carry On films. <laughs> Do you remember that bit in Carry On Camping? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, because you sort of seeing it lit up through. But they've done the silhouette thing before in like Sout and all that kind of thing, haven't they? In the tent, in the, yeah. Yeah, in Women and Common, which is pre-Austin Powers. Post-Carry On. It's definitely true. post-Carry On. Mm. So that's the thing you're talking about where someone's like packing uh, a bag and someone's bending over and yeah. it looks like they're putting stuff up their bum. That's the one. But yeah. It's great British comedy tradition. I mean, obviously we're saying that you, know, you compare the, obviously the stretching of the knicker elastic out and... Aid kind of gets shouted. Someone says something to Aid, doesn't he? It kind of throws him a bit, doesn't mm. he? He's like, fuck off or whatever. Couldn't quite make out what he's saying other than write, <laughs> write off or something like get them right off. Mm. But I suppose they are then actually just displaying how 
they can do these cartoonish gags not just on camera they can do them live on stage yeah. as well you can look at it as oh they're repeating that gag but it's also well you know we, we can do this cartoon stuff on stage yeah. live before your eyes without any kind of like you know camera trickery or whatever there's a little throwaway joke i found quite humorous that richie's like oh you've been hanging around your monkey friends yeah. <laughs> And like gambling or something even though they didn't have money yeah <laughs> yet he's somehow concocted some ways he's obviously trading <laughs> something on the island that's a commodity that's worth money to the monkeys yeah, yeah. sexual favors maybe we don't know Oof. but yeah eddie would go and make friends with anything other than having to mm. talk to richie wouldn't he so yeah. it opens again with richie doing the kind of wife slash mum being annoyed that he's not come home on time and all that kind of thing doesn't it it's kind of like where have you been it's been three days and again mm-hmm. it's a repetition it's a repetition it's a repetition yeah. but that's just Fun. For me, the dialogue in this first opening, like kind of act, is, is very Richie and Eddie. Like they've got a lot of good stuff in there. A lot of knob gags. Yeah. Knob hiding behind pube. Yeah. Richie's tiny knob under his pink pants. Hide, trying to hide his knob under the end of his finger. You know? Yeah. There's some good little physical bits there. Yeah. So there's a weird line. Someone when he gets a tooth knocked out or something and says, "Oh, you could hold it in your hand as a sort of hobby." There's a, such a lunacy to that. We're, mm. we're talking about how would that be? Yeah. Some weird surreal lines in this. It's still very them. That's sort of them back in the first series when they're being Beckett. Obviously, I don't want to jump ahead to Act Two, but I feel the reason they do that kind of like empty, almost mm. like kind of like you're stuck in a void thing, is to try and conjure up that. I think right, that kind yeah. Of yeah. Feeling between just two characters being trapped without anywhere to go, not even outside the room. You know. Thing is, by this point in the live shows, they've really moved away from that any kind of feeling of that depressing absurdist. Mm. Feels um, more panto now, doesn't it? It's, yeah, it's totally now. What we are, we are now in the world of, and I know there's not so much of it in this one, but vomit on stage mm. and, and green fart gas and massive mm-hmm. frying pans and all those things were present in bottom line one or two. Yeah, so, so it becomes so a kind they of are there. But so I get your point though. It's just that your examples were <laughs> things that literally happened. <laughs> at the, at but that's the point. They've kind of created yeah. their own world. Not only in the BBC sitcom, they've created it on stage, and it is an adult pantomime, isn't it? Like the fact that you went wanting to shout "Have a wank" before you even got there <laughs> is. It's that thing of like they were pleasing the crowd, but they were also pleasing the universe that they created. Like they're being true to it. Yeah, but I don't so think I don't anyone think else a... would have had that feeling. I was special. Oh yeah, of course. And no one yeah. else would have thought Absolutely that. Absolutely nobody like, else. Just the unluckiness it. that I happen to be there that was one other person. <laughs> when, I think I've told you before it? that there's a woman when I was in Liverpool Richie, that shouted, "Richie, that's a smashing blouse you've got on!" <laughs> and Rick properly caught because it was so brilliant. It's it was so out of nowhere as well. Yeah, it was such a yeah. sweet little sound, but it was a few rows behind me. It wasn't yeah. me, and we all caught that. It was so it wasn't, funny. It wasn't me. Yeah. It just out of nowhere. Yeah. But like, there are little catchphrases in bottom, yeah. and it is an adult pantomime. All those things to please that that child childish side of you when you're watching it there is no better physical humor. <laughs> i have to say there, though, there is an element of just sort of shooting fish in a barrel with the audience of this sort of thing just people what what we said earlier on in for bottom line one yeah they would have just been happy with them putting out the greatest hits yeah stuff. yeah yeah they'd come on and just redone yeah. loads of mm. scenes from the show people would have still been absolutely lapping it up and loving it in some regards they don't repeat entire scenes, but in some ways they do kind of, as Matt, as Matt said there, go through a sort of greatest hits of, yeah. right, if we, if we reel off these half a dozen things, people will give us not only the laughter because it's funny, but the laughter of recognition and appreciation mm-hmm. because... But do you not think it's also a skill of Rick and A to be able to do that? What is a great skill and 
the result of a lot of hard work mm. that people don't probably appreciate too much is that it takes a lot to build up a brand and brand mm-hmm. recognition yeah. to the point that you can fill, you know, multi-hundred seater venues yeah. over a 50 or 60 night tour. Characters that have such, you know, the audience have such affection for them yeah, that yeah. they're happy to just see them doing old gags and or repeating old kind of scenarios. Yeah, and- to the point that the audience can be quite forgiving if the material mm. isn't as good as it has previously been. Yeah. So that's what I want to get into when we, when we get into the second half of it, where this whole, they get meta about it for mm. the first time. They get existential with it. I uh, think it would have been nice to have seen the characters for the first time recognize they're loved over there and they were talking about them being and having their fans and stuff and mm-hmm. richie how, how would he deal with that you know be weird for him and that that'd be surreal and i get yeah, it was just yeah. them opening that box i thought well, that's it's an interesting thing but they don't really run with it but then the league of gentlemen did that didn't they in their film and they actually got kind of slated for a bit of that <laughs> kind of like self-aggrandizement of you know the sure, idea that their characters realized that they were characters and mm-hmm. tried to escape the world and- yeah but if they are in a room full of their fans literally mm, then yeah. i think they get away with it. you've got the live feedback on it don't you them moving in this one and five as well into as you said that more meta feel of okay now we are we're not just going to do the occasional nod to the audience we're mm-hmm. going to turn and talk to them and acknowledge that this is a theater and we're going to reference the bar that we want to get to that's when it switches from being richie and eddie in bottom to rick mann and aid edmondson on stage yeah. doing something i kind of wondered watching both four and five if rick and aid ever considered at any point i wonder if we should do something else apart from bottom maybe bottom is getting a little bit tired on stage and i wondered if they ever considered going back to their roots and doing some kind of sketch based thing because some of four and five feels a bit like they had material that wasn't strictly bottom they had a few sketches and they thought, well, if we're on stage dressed as Richie and Eddie, <laughs> we, we can, can crowbar them, that yeah, in. We to, can do them in their voices yeah. or them doing funny voices of someone else and it'll be kind of forgiven. So I, I wondered if they'd ever considered doing a sketch show or even them sitting in chairs doing an evening with Rick Mann and A. Edmondson. Mm. But then that would have involved them being on stage as themselves answering questions which about they their never life, ever wanted to do which most comedians don't want to they you know yeah. they want to get up there as a character so there's a certain comfort for the performer to be up there as the character but also if you're putting it under the umbrella of the brand mm. and the show the audience will be a bit more forgiving of it i yeah. think that you could have had your cake and eat you with that and had them in character answering questions and then it descending into anarchy and chaos yeah. with them attacking mm. each other because like you've got a better question than me you bastard and things like that you know it, they, there was a lot more mm. they could have played with and the plot is so fucking thin as, as it is <laughs> there's I a certain amount of control they want to keep though as well i think over like what happens on stage right yeah. so if you open it up too much yeah like, it can like wildly get out of control quite quickly well one thing i do want to say i can for the first time confirm one of the mistakes oh, that I is, saw live. Is it, is it Voltage? Voltage is one. Yeah. Okay. It's sort of a snuff play when mm. uh, the, when the smoke right. yeah. is it so slow. Is it so, what, They're acting right? like it's too much or whatever. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's getting a bit like, lively, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. completely yeah. exactly the same as when I saw it in Birmingham. Right. And Voltage as well. Voltage. Yeah. 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 So there was this 
quote I read from Aid when he did an interview with The Guardian, uh, I think some readers post questions, and they said things like, was the lard real, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, it was, you couldn't fake that. And one of the questions was, what was the great watch gag that we never got to? And Aid's reply was, look, one of the great weapons of comedy is to fake mistakes. We used to do a lot of that in Bottom, especially the live show. They usually start as a genuine mistake and then you keep it in and, and you embellish it for the show. There was a lot of things where it mm-hmm. was just, it ended up just being scripted. But I think he com- literally did confirm that the watch gag was, that is the joke. That we, that like we there wasn't one you. that they forgot, but <laughs> yeah. like you get a better reaction from the idea that they fucked up than you would from yeah. any gag that you've written in anyway. So Cause it's just a bit of fun with the language, isn't it? To once you once you know, you know. But on the night, and they performed this. I just for remember the night, being you know. violently sick with rage when I saw the DVD. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to mention DVD actually because I actually watched it from the DVDs this time, mm-hmm. um, and the artwork changed, didn't it? Like, as in the logo of Bottom. Yeah. Did it? Like, it's a like yellow, completely like different cartoon, to the standard like, like Bottom with the red and like, yeah. like all like kind that, of like worn away like kind the, of like the cartoon font where where yeah. it appears to be continually moving all the like time. Really? Like, yeah. 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 No, like it's it's a strange decision to change it. I think because it, it is the same package design and everything for four and five, and I think three, it's just Universal Studios. Oh yeah, I think back, it, so. it's a company owned by Universal. It's not, but it isn't like is it reference? It's not in any way referencing two thousand and one A Space Odyssey. No, is, not no, not Odyssey, Odyssey is it? No, no, that font has nothing to do with it. No, no. Yeah. So do, I mean, do you think? It was a bad decision. I think it was. It looks I, I really think, strange when it comes up on the DVD. Menu. It takes like, away that's from not its, the bottom branding. It's it's strange. It hmm. takes away from its recognizability, doesn't yeah. it? Especially and then they go back to it for five. So, so it obviously was a complete failure. Well, it that must have just been that they thought, oh no, that does look not right, or maybe they wanted to do a bit of a rebrand and then realised, no, like that's correct because it looks like childish squirrel, doesn't it? Have you gone over the DVD features? Oh God! <laughs> oh, wait, wait, <laughs> literally can, can, I, can I get? Can I guess one? Yeah. Interactive menu. Um, essentially, yes. It says screensaver, One. which I think is the same sort of thing. You have to go onto your CD-ROM yeah. to access it. Right. So it's yeah. like, it comes yeah. up, it's like, oh, if you're watching oh, this on okay. a DVD, put it into oh, your so CD-ROM and to access these features, yeah. yeah. One of those we used to download stuff for your computer. And the tour program are both PC, DVD mm-hmm. only. Um, and then there's a photo gallery, which, of which that's right. There's like four pictures, yeah. They're great pictures, but yeah. <laughs> I wish, don't you wish they'd done a commentary? Fuck me, yes. It would absolutely. have been amazing. It would be to like have this, but relevant and, and proper. They'd have yeah. some proper facts, you and, know, if, and funny things to say. If if Rick was still with us, I do wonder if at some point there would have been some kind of revisiting of the TV series or the film or something and got them both together by all a company that's doing the putting it all together has to do is offer them enough money and they would get together to do it. I, I, I so. genuinely think that it could have done by now because I think Aid would have, you know, explored like different things that he wanted to explore. Like I understand as a duo that you might want to do other things in your career so I understand that as a duo you might one of you might want to do other things in your career and the other one wants to carry on and it's a difficult thing to kind of split up isn't it I suppose when you've been together for over it's 25 like marriage, years working yeah to it as a marriage in but, a couple of interviews you know I mean fair play to Aid I think probably after um they'd finish bottom live five obviously we'll get to that in the next episode but i think he probably said yeah we are a bit getting a bit too old for it now to actually sell this well and perform it you know to its its best it's still very and, physical they're still leaping about well i was impressed buckets. by how much like because when i went to see it, they thought, oh you know they're looking a bit older and it's like well of mm. course they are you know like people have to age so but Eddie they look really young much, now though, when you look back he? on it i think it just being bald and with mm. glasses yeah. that is like a picard thing he's yeah. 
just go kind of evergreen like that. I, yeah, yeah I, I don't know if it's that the person always looks young. It's that they've always looked middle aged, mm-hmm. even yeah. when they were young. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that's what it is. Yeah. So, so like from, now looks like Eddie in real life. Yeah. From from the age of about thirty to about seventy, they kind of look the same. Whether it's yeah. Patrick Stewart mm-hmm. or Aidan Edmondson or someone. I think in the episode, you know, Robert Llewellyn does that car share mm-hmm. where he tries about with people into, into carpool. Them. Carpool. Aidan Edmondson did one, and I think he they were saying in that. I mean, Aid did actually say oh the scripts were so terrible we used to pray someone would fuck up just so we could like have fun with it Mm -hmm. but he also said that oh it's a young man's game it's a bit like being an athlete you need to be fit all the time to be able to do it and you can't in the end and I think Rick in his heart was always young and and wanted to be the Mm. fool and playing playing the character of Richie as a dirty perv and all that I I mean you you can see they both throw themselves into it mm. still completely which is why at the end of every show they're both sweating buckets totally Rick more so absolutely but it makes fun of that the whole jacket on as well it's not just the shirt Edie's bra comes back. Mm-hmm. That's a callback. Another gag repetition, yeah. Well, I'd say it's more a callback than a, than a repetition because just in the background, isn't it? I don't think yeah. he says it out loud. I'm not That's sure. That's it. It's like, where do you draw the line between repetition and okay. a callback? All right, then. You know? I would say it's like an Easter egg for the eager fan. When you spot that, you go, ah, I know where that was used mm-hmm. before. Yeah. No. Well, they're still on the island as well, aren't they? Yeah. They are still on so the island. So there's all yeah. that kind of like, they're still in that yeah. world. Um, Aid's got his wedding ring on again, so he's, yeah. kept, he's kept that continuity yeah. error in. I'm not sure if this counts as a callback or a reference or anything, but the parrot oh, being in yeah. made me think of obviously the two, uh, bottom two. Yeah, I noted down uh, that they're using the parrot again, but then they're like quite literally doing another dead parrot sketch, aren't they? Like it's kind of <laughs> like taking Monty Python to the extreme, where you just obviously, what will Richie do to a dead parrot? He's going to sexually assault it, isn't he? <laughs> I'd never thought about that. Yeah, <laughs> Richie would have violently How did done something die? to it within two yeah. seconds. Yeah. How did he die, sir? No, I, no I don't want to say. <laughs> it is quite fun the way they build all the way up to the defibrillator with all that and then explode the parrot like that's quite <laughs> clever that's very cleverly done i think where it yeah. just suddenly all the feathers have gone everywhere i liked the commenting on them um the seagull fight in the air oh, what? left right yes that's how you fly away that's yeah i like you know the idea fight, that yeah. you know they're commenting on a <laughs> pub brawl or whatever yeah. but it's actually uh-huh. like seagulls and it's like oh he's just flown off with his wallet and all that <laughs> like, that's very it's very you know in the bottom universe isn't yeah it? it's sort fun. of reminiscent of carnival yeah, absolutely. They they do that uh, really well. I thought Aid did a very good page three sleazy photographer. Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely loved that bit. Uh, yeah. you, you, do you think they've met someone who's been along those? I think yeah, they wrote in a character like that in Ab Fab, didn't they? There wasn't yeah. there like that kind of sleaze ball kind of you yeah, know that, that kind that yeah. kind of like absolute Harvey Weinstein type character who's, all, then, who's always just getting you just, just slip a bit more off. Go on. And on. then the absolute great line of this sort of you know the reveal of the, bring out your Edinburgh fringe like that. <laughs> that, that is a great line. I like the fact that Eddie's stream of consciousness he accidentally invents photography essentially like <laughs> yes. oh, these ideas that would be good like oh, one after the other just stating what you should be yeah. doing in the first place and realising I use some sort of nitrate paper instead of nothing <laughs> burning my own yeah. eyeballs off yeah <laughs> and what did you think of obviously the kind of like references to a heart attack throughout this is actually quite it- it was kind of sad a now. Bit, when you... A bit sad and prescient now. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's it's got his really... pants on in his chest, right? He's wearing his pants as a vest. Is well, there's that. Really... Yeah, and then it's like, what do you do when you're having a heart attack? It's like, you just sort of clutch your chest and keel over, don't you? Like, <laughs> And all those lines, like, and it it's great that you can laugh at that kind of dark thing that does happen. Yeah. Like, I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of watching it now. You're like, oh God, like, that's just like, 
I mean, so awful that is what ended up happening to Rick. If, yeah, well, they, know, they they laugh they laughed about the quad yeah. bike accident, don't they? Like it's, they they yeah, make several references to that. So I think probably when you've had a near death experience like Rick mm-hmm. did have, like you're more than happy joking about mm-hmm. death because you yeah. cheated it once and you think, well, you know, come on then, whatever you're gonna throw at me now. And with that, I think it's time for a word from our sponsors. You need gloves to do the dirty dishes. You need gloves to clean the drain and loo. You need gloves to get through all the grease spots. And only Marigold will do. You need gloves for cats, dogs and parrots. Gloves for all those different chores. Gloves that fit and don't go flabby. Gloves are in and out of doors. Marigold is what you need, yeah. Extra floor and lightweight too. Because your hands have better things to do. Marigold. Because your hands have better things to do. The line in it that made me laugh the most, I'd say it's a real throwaway line. It's, mm-hmm. oh, am I fat? You tell me if I'm fat. And it's, <laughs> yeah, you are fat. And it's like, Eddie's it's like, <laughs> just a nicety between chums, you cunt. Yeah, so yeah. vicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, to pause it from like, it comes from nowhere. Yeah, that, that was a proper laugh out loud yeah, moment, yeah. even on a, several rewatches. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Because you have to save up your cunts, don't you, to, for them to have maximum effect. You, you yeah, do. Well, at least yeah. your first one needs to have Absolutely. a punch. needs mm. to have a reason, and if, that one's brilliant. If you use them too often, it becomes a bit like underlining everything on a shopping list. Yeah. It, loses, it loses the point of it. <laughs> Absolutely. You, you, you have to use your cunt sparingly. I've always used my cunt very sparingly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For me, I genuinely thought that the best gag in the show was a visual one, which is Richie's reaction to when he's drinking what he thinks is milk, and then oh he's really it's it's the, and it's the it's the it's the look, it's the double look, it's the realization. And then it's the spitting out through the <laughs> through hands. his fingers, yeah. Because you know for well that it's milk. You're ahead so of him, well yeah. done by Rick. There's one of my highlights, that entire little just like... Oh, yeah. The camera is really greatly clo- closed mm. in on Rick's face actually yeah. for that, isn't it? Because sometimes I think they miss certain things in the physicality, mm-hmm. but it really helps have that close-up yeah. on all of what Rick's doing on stage. When you know what it's supposed to be, the way that Rick makes that jet arc out of his mouth <laughs> as, he's, as he's spitting it, it's fantastic. Just yeah. Yeah. You already... So he can have enough to spit out. Yeah. You already know because the the thing that comes across is a boar isn't it you know it's not a pig <laughs> yeah you know, obviously like, that's a clearly thing, a male yeah. boar and then it's just brilliant the way it's just like and and just the one just the one, one nipple, nipple and, yeah. and two great big fat yeah, bollocks and, <laughs> and two and almost place the punchline isn't it yeah the fat jokes to uh, to richie i think this is the first time he actually has looked a bit overweight where are the other times? It yeah, never they really used, made said logo. They used to say Richie yeah. was really, really yeah. overweight, but he like Rick as an actor wasn't. But he's got a little paunch there, hasn't he? This time, and um, I actually met Rick outside the stage door after this show. And the first time I'd ever heard the word paunch was in this show, I think. Oh yeah, or I've been aware of it because mm. they say it twice, don't they? And then when I was at the stage door, I put my arm around Rick and my hand rested on his like basically the side of his stomach on his paunch and Rick Rick went don't you touch my paunch and like really like you know in a fun way and I was kind of like oh you know sorry you have I think I said like you know what paunch or whatever and then I felt his cock and it was fine (laughs) the gravestone's great isn't it the fat twat is dead hurrah piss here (laughs) yeah but I was trying to look because there's a couple of other words after hurrah but it might just be hurrah ha 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 I think it's just piss here which is brilliant isn't it so he's written it for other people he's written it for for himself but but for the he's planning to kill Richie isn't he 
but hopefully for someone else to read it and piss it. There's no one else on yeah. the island, so maybe his monkey chums. Yeah, just anyone who teach them to read. Ever so finds can, it. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like the middle section of this show, the, the part that leads up to the halfway break and then afterwards, feels like where they get very meta. So I know we talked about this earlier, but it seems like this big sort of section where as we're approaching the break, what they're talking about is, right, we need to get to the bar before the audience. Mm-hmm. So now we're into into this meta-reality where we're in the theatre. We're not on a desert island. Then what we get is talking about how Rick is too old to play Richie mm-hmm. and the quad bike and the effect that that's had on him and that kind of thing. Then a long sequence of talking about uh, about TV and other comedies and then even referencing a show that's that uh, Spud Gun's going to do with Lee Evans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you look up what that was? I didn't. Yeah. I feel like I should have done. I meant to look it up. Yeah. What it's a question? Oh, now fuck! <laughs> it's it's going to be a question. I'm assuming. Okay. Now, I vaguely remember it. it was a, It was obviously a sitcom, right? Yes. Okay. So um, Lee, because I vaguely remember Lee Evans doing a sitcom and Spud Gun's a straight man. Right. He okay. would just be like, "Oh, you're such an idiot, Lee." Yeah. Oh, Spud Gun. <laughs> was he actually called Spud Gun in it as well? Yeah, of he was. <laughs> I can't remember. But, oh, Steve O'Donnell, why did you do yeah. this? Yeah. Well, I never Money. saw it. So that's the wrong way you did it. You get this massive section of right. We're no longer going to do plots. We'll still do gags, but now we're into a section of right. This could be dropped in. This could be from another show. Mm-hmm. It could be from a sketch show. But we're going to get Rick and A to do it as Richie and Eddie. I think they just they're sort of tipping their toes into interesting ideas but don't really run with it I would have liked to have seen the second half being a theatre bar and then sat at the bar and just imagining crowd and dealing with their fans oh, the public I couldn't have done that for very long because of what they did do was so much better and well, they're in a void you know? they're in a void so there's no outside influence coming mm. in it's hard to control it if you've got like random characters coming in that so like they'll be invisible about. so they can control as much so it'd as be kind of in their head like yeah. coming yeah. Yeah. yeah so like every couple of minutes there's a void going uh, five minutes Mr. Edmondson uh, or something like that yeah and be like oh we don't, don't want to go back or something and they, they could be all existential with the character but then actor stuff which they do would, kind of do would the audience then come away going that wasn't bottom for me that was something mm. that was them being weird and experimental I didn't pay but that is twelve they've done they were weird I, and experimental in a naff way I didn't pay £12 for them to be weird and experimental <laughs> in a naff way I wanted to see them <laughs> trying each other with frying pans and farting and shitting well themselves. that's it like it takes away like most of the props but he does pull a hammer out of nowhere doesn't he from the voids and yeah. all that and kind of thing jacket, yeah. it does take away that universe that feel and it's just down to the dialogue I and then it does and get a cheer reaction because they're in their classic costumes again yeah straight away and like hey yeah. and then the pause dies down like where the fuck are they what's going on yeah. what the fuck happened there what the fuck happened there? that's quite nice a little, little yeah the repetition of that yeah. and yeah I mean in a similar way to bottom line too I suppose where they wanted it to just be like a smaller set for the second half maybe mm-hmm. but you're right they could have done it with a much smaller set for a bar like you know that would have, wouldn't have taken much but I thought that the set in the second half looked a bit crap to be honest it looks a bit basic and Felt. it's very much uh, the a button saying do not press yeah. is Chekhov's gun isn't it yeah it's, <laughs> they're going to have to press it before yeah. the end there's of only the one thing there a button yeah. saying do not press what's yeah. that button for then yeah <laughs> it exists right. to not be pressed yeah it's literally there for yeah. a kind of tempting thing of like, oh, what's going to happen with that, isn't it, throughout? Um, oh, we didn't mention that Vanessa Feltz is the name of the pig. That Obviously, was, for that, anyone who maybe is too young to remember that in 2001, Vanessa Feltz was on the Celebrity Big Brother mm-hmm. that year and she'd had that meltdown, hadn't she? 
So okay. I think like she had a fair bit of negative press, so basically. Th- this was kind of topical. Although now, even if you did a joke about Vanessa Feltz being a pig now, it would still kind of work. It, it still, it? Yeah, it still works. But I think it's, it sounds quite nasty in a way now. Because it's kind of like, oh, she's just like an older presenter now. Like, what's she done? But at that point, like, she was actually very prevalent in the news. And she's really like crass and talentless, but... Uh, you know, just have a go at her appearance. Yeah, maybe that. She that hadn't done anything mean now. She hadn't done anything to harm anyone, had she? Apart <laughs> from herself and her reputation. Well, I mean, um, she had that fake chat show, didn't she? Remember, that she got on actors pretending to be guests and n- not in a comedy. Oh one. fuck! Okay, well, and there she, she it, did it came, deserve it. Then. She lost her chat show because that came out. Oh, I didn't. Oh, didn't I didn't remember that. Yeah, this is. I remember all, the. Cha- I remember the show. I didn't yeah. know she had fake guests. Called Phelps or Vanessa or Pig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought the spotlight gag was probably that when he's he's, yeah. in, he's insulted the guy who operates yeah. it and then is having a chase it. It's such a basic stage thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's actually quite yeah. good. But then kind of everything that follows it, it, again, we're back to more meta jokes, local gags. They kind of always so, a little bit of that. They start yeah. doing a lot more. So, one, right? so yeah. whatever town you're in, find out the name of the... Uh-huh of the opposing sports team or yeah. you know what road tends to have a gridlock and then make jokes about it and mm-hmm. that'll have the locals eating out the palm of your hand well, yeah because um, they feel like it's been personalised yeah, to them yeah. so what I want to say about this bit where he starts doing an accent a Nottingham accent mm-hmm. yeah now I saw but it's it. very Yorkshire isn't it what he actually does okay. which is actually yeah, I think, I think a double joke isn't sure. it it's like coming to Liverpool and doing Manchester or whatever it's actually like Nottingham's not Yorkshire is it now what I saw in Birmingham mm-hmm. he did Kevin Turvey impression. Did he? Brilliant. Which was like, oh, that's great. It was a little callback to Kevin Turvey. Oh, nice. Turvey. Yeah. Which sort of made me think like, well, they may, maybe they should have filmed it here instead yeah, of... Yeah, why not? Have we ever spoke about Eddie's shoes before? I don't think we have. Like yeah. high heels, In aren't they? God. Oh, uh, Eddie's shoes are the same model, if a different colour, to the shoes that Rick wears in Drop Dead Fred. Okay. Like, you, you, mm. you know when he gets hit by the, by the mm. fire engine and there's a pair of shoes left? They're almost like boots. Like, so yeah, they? yeah. Like, I swear they're the same mate. Like ankle, yeah. boots. Slidle over to the front. <laughs> that was slidle. another one that was another, on purpose. Another, yeah. br- another pretend fuck up, yeah. yeah. What do you feel about the pants dance at the end? For me, it just feels a bit out of place. Yeah. It's something that they obviously decided to do as a kind of how on earth are we going to fill this empty space with a big finish, I think. You know, they can't have something exploding because they've done that. You know, so what can we do? And obviously, well, you know, AIDS is very musical. I think they maybe thought we could do it with a call back to kind of bad news days or whatever. Mm. But I can see why they came around to let's finish on a big number. It's not the a end, big finish yeah. that they probably wanted I, it to be. I could see the logic in finish on a song because it's a big ending. I can see the appeal to both of them of we'll make it pants because the show is bottom, mm-hmm. it's levator or humour. Yeah. And to be fair to them, they both give it their all in it. You know, they're both going for it 100%. And they probably thought this will make a great epic ending. But it's at the, such at the cartoon end of bottom for me that it's like it's like Jack and Ori. It's appealing to the kids. At that point, their fans have grown up from being children. Like Like most people. It's the childish thing, isn't it? And getting the Y fronts out. I don't think it's terrible. I actually enjoyed it on the rewatch. A lot more than I thought I would do. Mm -hmm. Because live in the room, I I enjoyed it. I don't think think it was a problem. Time and place, it could have become a hit. You know, that if there's a lot of naff songs from shows that go a bit viral. So this is where there's something to to be said for the difference between being in a room surrounded by an audience, experiencing the live experience, and actually watching something when it's been recorded, when actually you have to remember that 
a live show is done for the audience mm. there. And the DVD that we watch it on, that's a byproduct. It's a money-making byproduct. That's, they film it so yeah, that they can yeah. then, you know, get people who went to buy it yeah. and then people who couldn't make it or so, be asked to make it like you <laughs> to, to feel like they were there when they weren't. I am more than willing to accept that it's easy for me watching it yeah. on my laptop to go, well, I don't really like this ending. But actually, if I'd been there in the room, yeah. I probably would have been it standing up in my chair. You it, know? Bring, yeah. it brings the Atmos to a kind of close and a finale, doesn't it, by ending on a song. Yeah. Yeah. But my main problem with it is that it's not quite catchy enough in the moment for everyone to join in and it's become like a big thing because then the, it, it's justified for me really in that you know when they pause and then Eddie says I have not seen a single minge mm-hmm. you know and, the, and then you think oh well the whole idea was that they wanted everyone to take their pants off <laughs> like they're literally trying to instruct everyone so I think if they'd made a bit more of a thing of like maybe Richie's plan would be to like let's get all the birds out of their pants by the end of the show or whatever when they're doing the whole meta mm-hmm. thing like how can we do that and it's like oh let's get them all like up I've seen these concerts where girls take their bras off and swing them around their heads or whatever they've done a bit of a but actually sorry yes what might have actually added to it would have been some if, knockers coming up no, as you say Ange if they lay it early of oh we want to get a load of the birds here to take mm. their pants off then they do the song but what they have is they have dropping down is just a two dozen shitted other Y fronts. So yeah. it's just the guys throwing them. Yeah. Yeah. Because like it is great when you have that line of like, you know, I have not seen a single yeah. minge. Like, they, they go, I've written a better ending. Mm. The, I, they, like, they could have had more fun with it. That's the thing, isn't it? But then it's easy to sit, as you yeah. say, back to, you know, 20 years on. Being and, a sneery media type. And be kind of like, oh, what would we have done better? Like, you know, yeah. it, it yeah. is it is very good. It's a different way to end it. If they just exploded the place again, we'd all be sat here going, oh, they just did another fucking explosion. Actually. How I think- would you have ended it differently though? Oh. You've answered. Oh, no, no. Uh, I've you got another one. No. I've I'd answered. have never ended it. I, I'd have I, kept I, them I would- on stage forever. I would have had them on stage talking quietly and sadly as the spotlight gets ever smaller on them until it just disappears and then and then <laughs> that would have been a nice ending to five I would have liked to have seen a bit more of the existential stuff with them talking about Rick Mao and Adrian Emerson and having okay, this stain for their selves as actors and well this guy's held me back he's saying that I'm too old now they could have had a bit more weirdness with it and yeah I would have liked to have seen for the first time them talk about appreciation that the fan and the thousands of people that love these two yeah but then that maybe would have felt well, a bit too laboured well, or... I don't know but yet like it's the self-congratulatory and well, you know so I, I think I feel like we've moved on to niggles then so that was that was no that, that feels like niggles from Matt mm. any other niggles my main niggle was that they ended on the song which feels kind of lazy and easy to do which I was then defending just now so <laughs> it's very difficult isn't it because you can kind of be persuaded either way with most bottom stuff because we're What's big we fans and we're overly critical because we're doing this podcast but I mean there are some amazing lines throughout this show mm. there are some amazing bits of writing I mean I think they wanted to do something different, which is why they obviously went into the void and it kind of feels like a spaceship or something. It's kind of like just nothing. That That's what the odd like, bit onto. and they do mention at one point, oh, if I'd been abducted by aliens. Yeah. Like, they, stuff, like There are little bits throughout it where you're like, but you could have explored it more. So I think maybe it's that, if anything, they didn't do more with certain bits. They've, they've crowbarred in so much stuff. They have been talking about politics, don't they? There's a great bit about Tony. They mentioned Tony, Tony Blair, Blair again yeah. and, you know, 
people, you know, what is it? Me and Tony Blair like people like yeah. you and all that, like working Virtual class stuff. So they, they've, stuff. they've got lots of like, you know, comment on class. They've got lots of comment on, mm-hmm. so they've got great, we haven't even mentioned the violence in the early part really of the show. Like, there there some, was some great little fight kind of, you know, setups. And so like, I've come, I, I honestly got to the end and I was like, I don't really have a particular niggle other mm. than just, it isn't one, two or three. Like they're just not quite at the very, very peak of the quality so that they have previously been, but it, it's still really enjoyable. It seems that they've they've shoved in a lot of meh material and therefore what you've got is it's all sort of fairly average and beige and bland throughout it. And there's lots of it crammed in. But if you say to someone, name something that was really bad in it, they'd struggle to think of something. But if you said name something that was really good in it, they'd also struggle to think of something. Yeah, because it's all just, just middling along. satisfactory yeah, yeah. all the way stars. along. They're doing it to crowd please on the night. Yeah. And they did their job. Like they did. Like, like the crowd in the room and everything, they're absolutely loving it, aren't they? They're not standing up and walking out and saying this is shit. You know, like they are actually really loving it. And then it's only when you watch it like and analyse these things that you think, oh, well, you know, it's not as good as it was or it wasn't. But then they actually reference that, don't they? It's kind of like, yeah, we're too but, old to play ourselves yeah, now. I like, well, I guess my niggle is that they touch upon some grand ideas, but don't go with them. Like, yeah. I would have... They could have expanded on a lot of stuff. I think it's pretty good. I honestly, on the rewatch of it, was much more impressed by most of the dialogue than I remember being on my watch of it when I got the DVD like having been in there in the room and then to watch it on DVD yeah. always, always feels quite flat when you've been somewhere and seen it and then you watch it back on sure. DVD and well, it's, it's, it's not as good as when I saw it like the last episodes of some sitcoms where people are too old now yeah. and they, it, it just it suffers because all the previous just, stuff is so it's much ridiculous better. isn't it to be like your stuff used to be so good and now we're going to slag it off because it's not as good anymore and yeah, that's the thing why yeah. a lot of people had a problem with us saying those kind of things about how, certain parts of series 3 how dare you continue to make things when your previous stuff was so good you should have just yeah. died or retired after the second series of 40 and then we're moaning about out. the fact that you haven't done anything else you, since you but we just, would have just slagged that off you should have just died or retired after the second series of Faulty Towers Mr. Cleese alright fine we'll take a fish called Wanda but ne- then you should have turned your toes up I think so, to a certain extent like familiarity can breed contempt like we know so much of it we're kind of you watch it and you think oh, I, knew, I knew what that punchline was going to be before it even came mm-hmm. but you only know it because they've done so much of a brilliant job of mm. setting up a brand like we said earlier you know yeah I, I don't think it's in any way something that we should slag off like they obviously did it to get a bit more money together and like praise what they'd already done but like who doesn't like you know Steve Coogan still doing Alan Partridge if they hadn't done it then all the people who saw four and five wouldn't have seen a bottom show and then if you could say to those people would you have liked to have seen a bottom show mm-hmm. even if it wasn't as good as one two and three the answer would have been yes mm-hmm. I bet if yeah. even as these ones now exist if you said to people would you like there to have been a six seven and eight mm-hmm. and they probably would have been pretty terrible but you'd have been in the room with Rick and A watching them do their stuff yeah. I would still go yeah I'd love to see that yeah because yeah, yeah. you said you know I, I regret not having gone yeah. to yeah. see them when I had the chance because I'm not yeah. as good a fan as you two well it's <laughs> not that it's just that you couldn't be asked. <laughs> Which, in many ways, just like is indicative of the bottom fan, isn't it? I'm sure there are plenty of people La- out there who were the same. Lazy sloth. <laughs> All right, then. We've had our niggles. Have you got any highlights, Paul? Yes. There's a couple of really good written gags, but for me, it's the Rick spitting the milk out and almost brings the house down. That, for me, is the highlight. Yeah. 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 This pig spunk yeah. is, is an absolute golden moment. But they haven't actually really done that before as well. Like, you know, True. the yeah. idea of Plus having like, would be spitting pig. teeth out of the clothes yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it's disgusting, isn't it? And you think, oh, they must have done it. And now they actually haven't done that before. So that's like a new thing. So it feels fresh, which is probably why it's a highlight for you. Fresh, you know? Yeah. 
But I, I really love continuing on from Richie realizing that he could just say I give yeah. up. Eddie saying well, I've I've won the you know mm-hmm. X many amount of um, mm-hmm. times, and then Richie saying oh well let's just bring everything down to your level. Let's have three thousand years of civilization cancelled out just because you've won a few things. You know mm-hmm. I just love that entire rant from Richie. Like it's so well written. A bit like you were saying, there's lots of little bits along the way in this mm-hmm. that feel almost like they were individual little sketches that they wrote, and then they tried to work out how they could mix it together. There is no plot. Like that would be, mm-hmm. a, it's a niggle, isn't it? There's no plot to carry them along yeah. on this one at and all. It annoys me that they joked about it previously. And they don't even joke about it in this one, do they? Because they, there's they so don't. little you, plot, they don't, don't even say, yeah. oh, there's a plot this year because yeah. there isn't. Mm. Yeah. So that would be a niggle. There's no plot. Um, what about sound effects? Uh, pig. Does that make a sound effect? Yeah. There's definitely a bit of a carry, <laughs> like a carry on kind of pig sound as he's getting dragged across the stage. Yeah. There? I thought there was some good sound effects with the frying pan because it was sort of playing a tune, mm. wasn't it, on his head, mm. I think. Ding dong. Yeah. Which, again, is kind of what they've done in the past, but it's still mm. well done. Yeah. For. There's, I think a new one is Eddie pissing, isn't it, into the void. Oh, yeah. yeah. When Eddie pisses and breaks, breaks, breaks the electrics yeah. and yeah. thing. But like, I actually thought they could have had piss coming out of the, the other, other side. Yeah. Where you go out, you come in. That would have been a good that's physical a, That's gag. a great line, actually, about the going back into the holes we came out from it's like I don't think my mother would be very pleased it's an endless stream of knob gags and so I'm like yeah. that's what you go and watch bottom four and it, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy for them doesn't it because they need to do that otherwise it'd be like well where were all the knob gags you know and trying to do that in different ways every time yeah. it can't be an easy thing to sit down and think oh like what can we do so no wonder they repeat some stuff Okay, we're at quiz time. Every episode of this podcast, we do a quiz comprising of questions based on this episode. Don't sound too excited about it, man. Yeah, well, it's not for me to excited. <laughs> I'm just being the, the judge. I want to be completely neutral and unbiased. Okay. Right, so 10 questions. Uh, yeah, fart noises for buzzers. What have you gone for? Can I go for airy fart? Mm, yep. I'll go for quick fart. So, fingers on buzzers. How long is it until have a wank gets said? Right, that was Paul first. And so closest answer wins. 28 seconds. 28 seconds, okay. And so are we talking from when the credits are rolling or are we talking from the moment Rick comes on stage or just from, from the running time, the time of, the DVD? of the DVD? So from black screen at the beginning. I'm going to go for four minutes. Uh, okay, so... It's two minutes, 23 seconds, so... Guess, and just guess that one. Question number two. According to Richie, how late for supper is Eddie? Three that days. He is three days late for supper, correct. Question number three. According to Richie, in a throwaway line, who is his favourite bird? The parrot. No. Ah. And, you want to take a guess? <sighs> trying to wrap my brains, but I can't think of it. I don't know, everyone else felt... No, it's Anne Whittacombe. Uh, Eddie's course, look, it's Anne Whittacombe. This is look, it's Anne Whittacombe. Anne Whittacombe, favourite bird. Where? <laughs> Stands around. Question number four. What is Eddie's usual half-time drink order? Five pints. No. Okay. S- 17 pints of lager? Very close. It's uh, 17 pints yeah. of Barbie juice. What's that? I don't know, but he oh. called it barbie juice. Barley, you have 17 pints. Yeah? Yeah, okay. okay. 17 pints. 17 pints. Question number five. 
Which act does Eddie wear his wedding ring in? I hit so the wrong, I hit the the wrong, wrong button, person, sorry, yeah. in the excitement. Still, in, in the first act? Just in the first act? Yeah, well, you asked it which one, yeah. isn't it? Or is it both? It is both. So, what? wrong. Yeah. Well, I was going to say both. Well, I was going to say both, but the way you worded it, I was this like, I remember questions. noticing it. It was a trick question. It was a, yeah, a trick question, so... I don't know. Both. Both. <laughs> well, I... <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to that on Paul. Okay, so according to Richie, which actors may replace him? Both. Can I answer? No. <laughs> yes. Ewan McGregor. Uh-huh. That's one of them. Oh, More famous. Really annoying me. Uh, Brad Pitt? Yes. Yes. Correct. Just because that's who would naturally play me. <laughs> I don't think Ewan McGregor's that bad a shout. No, it'd be brilliant. Yeah. But, well, honestly, no one... No one else could play him. No, Absolutely apart no. from everyone goes on about how Greg Davies could, but he'd be a pale imitation yeah. still. He'd be great, but he'd be different. Right. Yeah. I know that he's very good at playing lots of other people, but I could kind of see Michael Sheen as Rick Mal. Yeah. <laughs> he's fucking brilliant, isn't he? Yeah. I'm fucking brilliant, so I'm quite mm. the trip now. Um, yeah, Michael Sheen's very good, but mm. I still... Okay. In, he was good as Chris Tarrant, wasn't he? Yeah. You don't really want that on your CV, do you? What, being playing Chris Tarrant? Playing Chris Tarrant, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. Well, he's got he did the, it well. He's got the League of Gentlemen film on his CV. It oh, can't get any worse. He plays Jeremy Dyson very yeah. well. Brilliant. Question number seven. What is the name of the Spud Gun and Lee Evans sitcom? Arse. Nope. <laughs> well, at bottom, but not as good. Yeah. Nope. Together. No, it's called So What Now? So What Now? Oh, I, that rings a bell. Lee Evans but, yeah. says it. In the credits of so, I think I watched one or two. Did you did you read up on it for this at all? I mean, are you able to tell us what the basic premise of it is at all? No. Okay. Cool. Next question. (laughs) I think um, Lee Evans is just separated from his wife from memory, and he's trying to get his life back together. But the world's still around. It's a classic. Let me guess. It's got Spud Gun as his sort of slobbish mate who he moves in with, or has as a flatmate, something like that. They're at least friends, yeah, and he's sort of slobbish, but the more Intelligent of the two. Who mm. Spudgon is? Yeah. Wow. Mm. Yeah, he's playing the straight man, which... Mm. Right, question number eight. How many fights has Eddie won? 13,358 up until the next fight when it goes up to 59. Perfect. The hell? Just in case you were asking. <laughs> yeah, that's one. No, yeah. Well, nine <laughs> is the correct one because by the end of the... Uh, so, yeah, you correctly remembered that 13,358 mm-hmm. and then it goes up to nine impressive okay question number nine <laughs> after the quad bike accident how many days was Rick now in the coma for five correct yes that was you Ange beat, you beat Ange. Jesus beat Jesus by uh, two days yeah. he says in his autobiography yeah. and he said it a few times bigger than Hitler better than Christ mm-hmm. and uh, so I was going to phrase this as another question but I thought it was a bit too bad taste but I'm just going to give it to you as an information that he lived another 16 years oh. after that quad bike accident so we got for 16 more years as a bonus that is amazing isn't it yeah he that we easily like, could have died there can you imagine a world where we'd lost Rick mm. in the quad bike accident mm-hmm. doesn't bear thinking about absolutely doesn't bear thinking about living in the world now, but you know, got to carry on, haven't we? Uh, right. Well, so Ange has one, but 
the the bonus question then question 10 there we are so it's not yes yeah, so it's 10 but you've got four he's got two so question 10 um if you want to try and completely yeah, yeah, nail the coffin in i mean paul might be able to right you know, what is the now? seat number of the bird or bloke that richie points out h17 yes fucking hell well <laughs> done you remember that it's like that'll be a question right and I, I, I just i didn't actually note that down but i just yeah i remembered it i remember looking at him yeah he's pretty fit well there we go that's bottom life 2001 hooligans an oddity not I like that hooligans. title yeah you got the not hooligans island no, no, you got that's, that's, yeah. well there we go that's bottom life 2001 an arse oddity yeah so they skipped four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, all the way up to 2001 like so many missed ones oh it might have been the year that it came out <laughs> yeah, yeah that makes more sense that's probably what it was right, that they sure, decided to, sure. to celebrate but yeah I mean I think overall it isn't in any way bad I think that's all we can say, isn't it? Like, from, I, I think I get from you two that you didn't enjoy I think it's it half really as much average. as I, I, I mean, did. you may be right, but at the same time, you can't say really that it's good either. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't at all bad. Right. It's it's absolutely doing what it should have it's, done, which is a job to right. make people laugh in the room. It's and it is bottom. It's occupying that middle ground of sort of C, C+. Plus. All right. Well, no? let's see how the yeah. grades are from the GCSEs when they get downgraded. But yeah, I mean... It's not, yeah, top, it's not the best. Top, if I was rating all the bottoms, I think it's still for me, no, bottom live, two, one, three, and then we'll discuss it, but it's like four and five are kind of equal. I, I, I don't think either one, one of them are better than the other. I think this one's average. I think number five is bad. Right. Well, we'll get onto that in the next yeah. episode. We're on the penultimate. We've got lots more Rick and Aid content to go through and milk all the yeah, what we so can for this podcast. If anyone out there is feeling sad that they can't mm. hear us just like ripping into their favourite show <laughs> for much longer, we're thinking of doing more Rick and Aid material, aren't we? Yeah. So uh, next week we'll be back with the final Bottom Live episode. And what we'd like is people to share with us their experiences of the live shows. Uh, not just four and five, but uh, the earlier ones, guest house parodies. Oh, do you remember going to see them? What were your thoughts when you saw them? That kind of thing. Yeah. Let us know, and we'll talk about them in the roundup. And anecdotes about if you met, if you were lucky enough to meet Rick and Rick, the, sorry, Rick Rick if you were lucky enough to meet Rick and Aid afterwards, um, because Horrible. every story I ever hear about anyone meeting mm-hmm. Rick is always a delight. And Aid used to fuck off very quickly. So if you did manage to meet Aid, I'd love to hear about that because mm. he, he didn't hang around to sign autographs in any of the well he didn't hang around in Liverpool anyway he might have done somewhere else so yeah do get in touch with us on our social media which, which is? is at Talking Bottom on Twitter Instagram and that Facebook if you want to email us we're at 11 Parade at gmail.com yes. see you next time guys thanks for listening maybe we'll have a few we'll have a few drinks before we do five yeah, get ourselves a bit more some. livened up mm-hmm. take care see you next time bye bye <laughs>